There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey friends, before we get to today's special edition live podcast episode all about musicals, I just wanted to give a little disclaimer that the audio from the event wasn't perfect. It's it's still fine, but I wanted to make sure you knew that this episode is honestly so exciting. The guests we had on literally had people in the audience gasping because they were so their minds were blown and our minds on stage were blown. So I want to make sure you get to that. It's a great episode. I hope you enjoy it and hopefully the little bit of peaking that was happening from the events recording won't bother you too much, but it shouldn't. It's still great. Thank you for sticking around and enjoy the podcast. Hello! How's it going? Oh, oh my oh, god, these chairs hi. are precarious. Uh, welcome to the second ever live taping of Side Note, the podcast. Oh my god. Um, okay, so our controversial subject for this week is musicals. So we're going to start by telling some stories, then we're going to actually be interviewing someone who is a piano player who's from New York City. I mean, oh my God, the Big Apple. And then at the end, Mitch and I are going to be debating about what is the best musical of all time. Whoa. And you're going to decide who wins. Last time I won, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> he pandered to the crowd. It was Montreal and he picked Celine Dion, okay? Come on. And every week when we start our podcast, we always start with what we learned this week. So Mitch, hit it. What did we learn this week? Yeah! <laughs> Lo- low tech version of technology here. Okay, I hope you heard that. It was Mitch, a little jingle I made the other day. <laughs> what did you learn this week, Mitch? Oh, oh, this week I learned that there was a psychology study where they were testing the most likely word that would be used to identify if somebody was a human or a robot. So, like, if one of you was a human and one of you is a robot, what word would people most likely think you would say if you were a human? What do you think it is? Wait, what do you mean if I was human? What, like, what? if... if if you each could only say one word and like out of nowhere. If you each could only say one word and I had to guess which one of you was human. I, I think I know. Okay. I uh, love. Oh, I was gonna say the. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in love. <laughs> did, oh did you not God. understand the question? <laughs> Move on. Okay. Um, the answer was poop. Uh, which I thought, and a lot of people thought it would be love, like something that only, is only quintessentially human, but they said it was likely because that's like a childish, like silly thing, and only really humans have like childhood memories and are like silly like that, whereas like robots are not. Okay. Wow, weird science, study. that's really weird. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, what, yeah. what'd you learn? Oh, so I'm really interested in plastic. And <laughs> <laughs> so I found out that on the bottom of almost all recyclable containers, it'll have a little code of what type of plastic it is. So on the bottom of a mint container I had, it had pee-pee, 
Um, and that means polypropylene. And that's the kind of uh, plastic it is. And that's what I learned. <laughs> so every plastic is labeled which one it is underneath it? Uh, yeah, but my foundation wasn't. So go find out for yourself. Look at the bottom of your plastic containers. Oh, my God. Okay. Greg, what did you learn? Um, okay, so I learned about octopuses, and I thought the plural would have been octopi, but it's Is not. Is it not? It's octopuses, yeah. I know. I know. I'm not I'm saying I'm being very careful when I say it. Um, okay, so I feel like octopuses are having their moment. Like, every store has, like, an octopus card these days, so I think this one's on the nose. But okay, they took an octopus this week, and they put them into a tank, and they put an action figure on one side and another po- octopus on another side, and they wanted to see, like what the octopus would do. And in it would, most cases, it would hang out with the action figure. But then <laughs> what they did is they took octopuses and they put them in water with MDMA, like literal molly water. What? And they, yeah, and they got the <laughs> octopuses really high on MDMA and they put them in the same situation. And then the octopus would go and hug the other octopus. It would hug like the scientist's contraptions. And they realized that like they have very similar serotonin systems to us humans. And therefore, they're going to be the next model organism they use when they study MDMA and how it might be useful for post-traumatic stress disorder. That is amazing. Whoa. Essentially, a bunch of octopuses got high on MDMA this week, and I think that that's worth noting. <laughs> that reminds me of something else I learned this week um, about tentacle porn. And uh, Okay, so what is tentacle porn? Okay, tentacle porn is when an octopus... <laughs> an is octopus, a singular a octopus. A singular octopus is having sex with a person. A human. A human person. Bestiality. Bestiality. As we know... People are really interested in bestiality over centuries and centuries so that it would be in, shown in Japanese art. And as Western culture was influencing uh, Japanese art and saying, like, get rid of these vaginas and penis in our art. It's deplorable. They were like, what's our last, last sexual link that we can show? Uh, tentacle porn. Wow. Oh so bestiality, we made a video about bestiality and it went very viral. So just so you know, it's a thing. It's People really are interested. And we made a video about incest that also went viral. So that's not us. Moving on. Us. I have one more jingle I'm going to play for our next section. Let's see if it works. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Okay. I've been really stressed about that this whole time and now I can relax. Um, <laughs> who wants to start stories about musicals? Okay, I'm going to go first. Rachel is going to be bringing the side notes today, the information. Okay, so my story about musicals starts with my sort of inability to have any willpower. And I was the type of person who would snoop for my gifts, like before my birthday or Christmas. That's so rude. I know. I, it would be like December 20th and I'd be like, oh, what's under my sister's bed? And so I went and looked under my sister's bed and she had a wrapped version of Cats the Musical, the VHS. <laughs> and I was upset. I remember going up to my sister and being like, before Christmas, like, why would you get me this? And she, and, she, and she was like, because you love musicals and you like couldn't see this one. So I remember even opening it the morning of Christmas and being still mad. But then I put it into my VHS player and immediately was upsauced. Yeah, it's like, like one of the greatest. It was <laughs> so good. And it was like a live version. Okay, so it was a filmed version of the live original British, like, uh, recording and so it was like theater actors who now were performing for the camera so they were just like giving it you know like in American Idol when they stare down the barrel like every scene they were just like (laughs) looking like yes uh." (laughs) so it was so good and I also I love melodies like in musicals but I don't really know lyrics to anything like whenever I leave a musical I'm mostly just like what happened <laughs> like I don't I don't actually like take it in but cats there's like no plot it's just about <laughs> like literally like the magic cat and like they get scared about one cat for 15 minutes and freak out and then they just go back to being cats like it's not <laughs> I don't know I don't think there's a plot 
And I remember I would show my friends at the time, too, and I'd be like, isn't this such a funny, quirky movie? And they'd be like, this is just bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's not cool that I went through a cat's phase, okay? So then fast forward to when I'm in university. I can also vouch for this because you literally convinced me to think that Cats was one of the, like, the greatest musicals ever. <laughs> Did it work? Like, through time. Yeah. Now when people bring it up, I, like, defend it. But I'm like, this is why. I know. And, like, when she sings <laughs> Memory, everyone cries. That one's What good. is she talking about? Like, uh, I don't. No, right? Like, what happened to her? Like, I don't know. She's got old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. That's relatable, I guess. Um, okay, so then I was in university, and I, you know, I'm i old enough that, like, when I went to university, I brought my DVD collection and, like, my VHS. Your VHS Yeah, collection. it was, like, a representation of, like, my identity. And so... We, I think it was my fault that we got robbed um, because I used to leave the door wide open. Like, that's what my roommates found annoying about me. They'd be like, you didn't shut the door. I'd be like, I was in a rush. Um, so my roommate came downstairs and there was a person in our living room who was robbing us. He had a thing of Rice Krispies and the Cats, the musical VHS in his hand. And so my roommate like spooked him and he ran out of the house. And then later when the police came to get the report, they were like, and we put this on our fridge and it was typed out. They were like, okay, so what did he steal? <laughs> and he was like, uh, he stole Cats the Musical, the VHS. I swear it wasn't mine. It was my roommate's. He wrote that <laughs> in the thing. Did you frame that? You yeah, I'm like, you throw that. me under the bus. Like, <laughs> anyways, it wasn't his. It was his roommate's. It was mine. And oh that's my, my story. <laughs> and you've never watched Cats since? Because you don't have Never seen it on stage. Apparently, it's on Broadway. Because I don't know. I still, like, I love it. But I like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not a plot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I'm not arguing that you the said best you don't ever time. listen to the plot though <laughs> I, know, I know I know I know I know I know I know okay so Greg told me in advance that that was his story he was on doing Cats the musical and in the musical they're always talking about like how cats always land on their feet and I don't know why they do all the time they go they land and they go <laughs> so I was thinking I would do a side note on my cats always land on their feet and our guest today Henry he's an amazing pianist and I just thought like why not Accompany me as I give up the side note. So Henry, come on, Henry! Come on! <laughs> this is Henry, everyone. Thank you, Henry, Henry's amazing. In our, our podcast, side notes usually music. have music, yeah, so we so on brand, on brand, <laughs> on brand. So okay, so what you need to know about cats is our wild—not my wild, but cats' wild ancestors. Um, they would hunt not only on land but also in trees. Right? So they need to be incredibly uh, flexible and have great balance and be very agile. So <laughs> domestic house cats would take this on. I've never been a company before. It's so lovely. I'm just. <laughs> and also, <laughs> he's playing cats, if you didn't realize oh. this. <laughs> and we only just talked about this like literally seconds ago that he's going to do this. So thank you. Okay. So to figure out how cats always landed on their feet, scientists would literally hold a cat up by its feet like this and then drop it which is so incredibly rude like that's a, like science isn't always kind okay you need to know this um and then they found using a slow motion camera that it would repeat cats would repeat the same motion again and again and again so it's really cool and like i'm not going to tell you like it turned 180 degrees on its axis because that's not good audio content but um you should know that it does the same procedure again and again and something i found really interesting is that um, in New York City in the 1980s, vets were finding that uh, cats were getting injured from falling out of windows because they still want to hunt. They're they love birds. They still want to be wild. But then the ones that fell out of high-rise buildings would actually be less injured 
than those who felt of like a four-story building. So bizarre, why are they not dead? <laughs> Why are they not dead? Why, Why are they, they not, not dead? dead? Um, so what actually is happening is cats falling from like a 20-story building can reach what's called terminal velocity. And so what that is is when the drag forces pushing up are equivalent to the force of gravity pushing down. So your acceleration ends up being zero. So they're able to kind of chill and relax and make their body like this parachute. And then as a parachute, they're able to just slowly like land to the bottom. And uh, that's how cats land on their feet in a safe way. Yeah. Wow. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, Henry. Henry. I, that was romantic. I was just like enamored. I love, I love. <laughs> I also like really want to see a cat like floating like a parachute now. <laughs> I've never seen that. Um, okay. What's uh, your story? My story is that I just need everyone here to know that Lord of the Rings was a musical. And did anyone here see it? It was in Toronto. Oh, there's no. a hand. There's oh. a hand. Um, there's another hand. Okay, thank you. Oh, am I a little too loud on this? I'm sorry. Um, and it was literally the greatest, one of the greatest musicals that I've ever seen. And I... Well, like critics literally hated it, so it was like bashed unanimously. Like the Wasn't story it didn't like make sense. Five hours. It, it was four hours, or maybe four oh and a half hours, God. when it first came out. Two intermissions. Then they slowly trimmed it down to I think like three hours and forty-five minutes. But I just need you to know that like picture like pink doing her like acrobatic work except there's like 10 pinks and all the pinks are dressed like owls and they're coming from the sky singing while an entire set piece falls from the sky and like the ground is made of 40 pieces as well that can like rise and change in different shapes like volcanoes and trees and stuff it was literally breathtaking was there a plot to this musical um, it was yeah. They literally had to shove like three books and or, and or three movies into this. It, it made no sense. They would turn like multiple characters into one character. So yeah, it was like actually bad, but so good. And then obviously it got canceled, and I was really really sad. Um, and this was at the time that it was like it was like 2006, I think, when this came out. Also, it was like the most expensive musical ever made at the time. I think they spent 30 million dollars to make it here. Um, and so when it was gone, this was like internet, internet world where like YouTube hadn't even started. So like I could not get the music. They, hadn't, they didn't record a sound, like a sound, uh, soundtrack for it. Um, and so I started like getting involved in this like really weird niche group online of like people who like trade musical footage with each other. <laughs> like I, I would like <laughs> the only way for me to ever see it again was to find like bootlegged footage of it. But like this is pre anyone uploading that stuff. You were to on the, the dark web for Lord of the Rings Literally. musical content. <laughs> <laughs> so truly, I would like find clips from other musicals. Who so else like, was in this group? I don't know. They, I, I don't know what they called themselves, but like it was just like theater goers who would then like trade clips and stuff, so I could like slowly collect my Lord of the Rings and have the weirdest an thing attachment to it. <laughs> But then, finally, later on, they announced that they were going to release it in London, and they were going to like really readapt it, rewrite it, change it a lot. So I was kind of like, I'm not sure, because the, the beautiful part about it for me was that it was like, like the movie where it's like amazing soundtracks. They were just singing over those, so it wasn't necessarily like a musical. It was like a soundscape, which I thought was so cool. So 
I was so obsessed, I like saved up all my money, convinced my sister to come with me to London to go see it when it opened there. And it was just as bad as before. Um, <laughs> but I still loved it. They, they did kind of like Disney-fy it a little bit. So they had a couple like bangers that like were a lot more memorable. Um, but ultimately... Bangers like a song? Oh, you know, like, like Let It Go from Frozen. Like they kind of created a, a couple songs that like were meant to stick out. Whereas before it was a lot of like... Just like It was Elvish like Celtic. Music. It was right? Celtic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you convinced me too. I also like the Lord of the Rings yeah. musical now. Yeah, 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 then they yeah, made a yeah. soundtrack of it, uh, which we have and on people our People had bouncy home. things on their feet and like do oh, yeah. backflips. Yeah, there'd, there'd be people like in stilts that were as tall as this thing behind us, like oh. like <laughs> 20 feet high. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, it was it was critically hated there as well, and then it shut down <laughs> there, and I'll never get to see it again. So that's really sad. Um, oh, well, okay. <laughs> what side note you got for that? <laughs> oh, geez. Um, so it turns out Should we get a some more of, music oh, for this? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Henry? Yeah, Henry, come on up. Um, what other musicals are terrible that nobody likes except for Mitch? Um, so, uh, <laughs> so equally expensive but successful uh, was The Lion King, very successful. Also, Wicked, very expensive, very successful. Shrek the musical, okay, very expensive. But none, none top the biggest pile of garbage, the most expensive, double the price pile of garbage is the Spider-Man musical. Anyone hear about the Spider-Man musical? Okay, so in 2011, they were expecting it to be a huge success. They had the director of The Lion King. And Frida, the movie Frida, Julie Taymor, across the universe. Julie Taymor. Talented woman. Very talented woman. They had the score done by U2, The Edge and Bono. Red flag, red flag. Any any Bon Bon fans in the audience? No? Okay, then you won't mind me saying that critics panned it as a very boring trash (laughs) <laughs> and then, okay, so to make up for the boring script, they would just have Spider-Man like swinging through the audience like all the time. And uh, that led, of course, to a lot of injuries. So on the first night of preview, also it was delayed. It was delayed for like months and months and months and months. But for the preview show, one of the main actresses had a concussion. Uh, later on, one of the stunt doubles for Spider-Man fell into the orchestra pit 20 feet and was hospitalized for months. Okay, and then at 1.6 people were injured to the point where the labor department had to be called in and fined them $12,000 in violations for health and safety. So this is all to say that uh, the musical didn't do very well. And by 2014, when it closed, it lost investors $60 million. And uh, and that's all I have to say about Spider-Man the Musical. So there's a worse musical than Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Also, you can watch the person falling in Spider-Man on YouTube and people clap because they don't know if it's part of the musical. It's like a best in show dark comedy that's real life. (laughs) All right. Um, Henry is our amazing guest and I'm going to go backstage and let him read. Yeah. Everyone welcome Henry. Henry. So we'll have you set first. We're going to start by quizzing you, and then you're going to show us a little something. Quizzing me? Yeah, okay. So this is Henry Kapersky. Is that how you pronounce your last name? I've That's exactly so, right. Okay. Yeah. So we have seen him a lot. You can see him at Just for Laughs tonight, uh, performing with Mateo Lane in an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted to ask you, when, where did this all start? Where did you start becoming the piano player that you are today? Um, I, my mother is a pianist and singer, oh. and she, when I was like 
ever since I can remember, I was obsessed with the piano. I would like touch it when I was like three and climb on the bench. And then she started teaching me when I was four and, uh, and here we are. I, I just have always loved it. <laughs> you skipped a lot of years <laughs> from four to here. <laughs> she taught me until like age seven. And then, you know, like your mom can only teach you so much, like, it, you know, with like tolerance of each other. You know, did, like, did you like learning when you were younger? Because I felt like it was, it's a hard experience when you have a parent who like is teaching you. <laughs> I, in the early part of it, I did. And I like, because when you're really young, you can like compartmentalize people better and be like, now mom's a teacher and now mom's mom. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, she's like mom. <laughs> like mom's stupid. Not, you know how we all go through that phase. I, my mom's brilliant. Um, and uh, so then I switched to a, a different teacher um, through the rest of high school. And then I went to school for saxophone, actually. Um, Whoa, traitor. I know. And then I moved to New York to be a saxophone player. That doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, only like old people in their 60s still do that. Like a jazz <laughs> saxophone player. You know, so then I switched. You know jazz? I went to school for jazz saxophone, yeah. Wow. Um, but, I would uh, love to be able to ask you more about that, but I don't know anything about jazz. <laughs> We're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I moved, so I moved to New York to it's pursue really nice. jazz saxophone, but that's not a thing. But I lived, I moved in with all these music theater girls and I was like, yeah, I play piano. So I'd play for their auditions. And then pretty soon I became an audition accompanist. And then I started playing for musical theater and, and then, and that's how it happened. So I returned to piano um, beautifully. Oh my gosh. So wait, I need to know, like, I feel like there's, you must have so many funny stories from auditions. Like if random people, like just come in and give you music and you, like obviously you were just able to like on the whim play Cats and Phantom of the Opera. Oh. But like people, what happens in an audition room when someone comes in? Well, it depends on like the level. Like there are EPAs which are people, they only let actors in that like are established and have, are part of the union. But when it's not EPA, people will come in with like a page of lyrics, like just words <laughs> and be like, okay, this is my song. And I'll say... <laughs> Uh, though that's not music. Those are words. <laughs> um, and sometimes if it's like, you know, a, a Gaga song, I know it. Um, you should not bring a Gaga song to an audition though. <laughs> um, but no, sometimes like, Oh no, it's from this obscure musical from the eighties. It goes like that. I'm like, no, no, you're acapella singing acapella. You, yeah. You're like, I literally can't just yeah. play out of air. Some people, I do piano bar a lot too. And people will get up and want to sing and they'll say like a, deep cut Bruce Springsteen song. And uh, I'm like, I'm a gay millennial. <laughs> like, we don't know him. Um, and and they'll, they expect you, they'll start singing it in your ear. They're drunk and annoying. And expect you to like, somehow like magically conjure up the melody, the piano part in your head. Um, it's insane what people think you can do. But for the most part, can you do that? Someone can tell you a song and you could play it? Yeah, if I've wow. heard it, I can play it, yeah. So when, okay, I've also seen you perform in New York a couple weeks ago where you are accompanying a comedian and mm -hmm. she is making really hilarious songs with different genres. How do you write those when you write with a comedian? Do they come in with lyrics and you figure out the music or is that a collaborative thing? It's, uh, a, it's a little of everything, yeah. I, so my career now is mostly working with comedians and one who I work with a lot is this girl named Catherine Cohen. And she usually, she'll come to me and she has like an idea. She'll be like, okay, so I'm, I hate when I go in a coffee shop and I knock everything over and everyone stares at me. <laughs> and so she wants to write a song about that. And she just has lots of little kind of ideas and jokes. And we say, okay, what kind of genre do you think that is? And we decided it's like a, like a light 
pop bossa nova or something and so we just Ooh, kind of, kind of like come up with a groove and then she'll just riff on it and we record everything and when we hear something we're like we're like okay that's it and then we slowly like trim the fat and it becomes a song so um i think that's a common thing for uh, like a lot of songwriters um it's mostly a cl- collaboration and uh yeah okay so okay interesting so now we would like you because you sort of have something you want to explain to us. Yeah, we were like, you we want to learn. term that I didn't know. What was it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, my the thing I love about music theater, and I've loved it ever since I was a kid because my mother would introduce me to everything. Phantom of the Opera, West Side Story, The Music Man. And and I'm like you, Greg, or I, especially I used to be, I didn't really listen to the lyrics. I just loved the melodies and, and the score. And what makes musicals so special is the score. Like we all love hearing like a fierce woman belt a note and we love seeing people tap dance and all that. But you can see all those. In, you can go to a Celine concert. You can yes, you go can. to a dance recital. Or if you want a great story, you watch a movie, right? But a musical, they bring it all together and the glue is the score. And this comes from Wagnerian opera, which is like mid 1800s. And Wagner was a anti-Semitic composer, but he's brilliant though. And okay. he just, that's like, <laughs> that comes up a lot now. Weird I, order. I don't, it's like worth saying, you're like, you're like I, I'm aware. I he's want people to know that I know that yeah. he sucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but all music theater smart. is based off of his composing technique. Um, and uh, that he would use this tool called a leitmotif, which is anytime a character enters the stage, you hear a melody that is specific to that character. So you can make these mental connections and you get, cause music's so emotional. So you, if you hear that melody happening, you're like, oh, I know that the prima donna is gonna come on stage and you can start prepping yourself. Or if the prima donna dies, but later in the show, they want to evoke the emotion she brought for the main character, you'll hear it in the score. Um, and can I just say for a second, like. For a lot of my life, I thought Prima Donna was P-R-E Madonna. Like, it's not? What is it? <laughs> P-R-I-M-A. Like, P- like, I thought it was like, before Madonna. <laughs> the diva before it? her. I, um, I think it's, it's just like an old term for like a diva. Like a, a Prima Donna. Like, like P-R-I-M-A. Yeah. Prima Donna. I think it means young woman. Like Does anyone know? Woman. <laughs> like truly. Oh, it's Italian. <laughs> yeah, it's Italian. <laughs> Yeah, sorry to interrupt. So I was funny. just like, I learned this like way for too my late. Sweater, I'm gonna have a primo. Isn't that what they say in an Italian restaurant? <laughs> primo Donna. Oh, okay. Anyway. Anyway. We well, gotta... So to give you a good example of late motifs, um, they're used all the time in movie scores, in good movie scores. Um, like Star Wars is a great example. Um, <gasps> listened. Listen this up. is a <laughs> character's Listening. melody. So when you hear this melody, you know something about this character is happening. Who's is it? That's Princess Leia's (laughs) leitmotif, yeah. Or this is... That is Darth Darth Vader's. (laughs) Um, Yeah, or you're talking about Lord of the Rings. It can be for a group of people. This would be the theme for... Like the Rohan? Riders of Rohan. Is that right? Yes, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sometimes like a place can have a theme. So every time they talk about the Shire, you hear... Oh, I want to cry right now. This is beautiful. That's why it's amazing. Henry, have you ever heard Lord of the Rings musical? (laughs) (laughs) No, I've, I've heard about... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. About it, but yeah, it's never been in America. He rolled his eyes. He rolled his I'm eyes. I'm going to send you the soundtrack. You're gonna die. No, yeah, please. Send it, it is really good. It is. Do you really know good. who wrote it? The guy um, from Slumdog Millionaire. Is that his name? With, with a couple other people, but yeah, it's it's honestly amazing. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm not even joking. He is not convinced. <laughs> that is the cool. reviewer ever. Maybe there are um, some late. Is it late motifs? I'm sure there are late motifs. There must yeah. be late motifs. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this this technique is used all the time in musical theater. I mean, that's what musical theater is. And then they add words to them as well. Um, and in fact, most music theater, the show would start with a score or a, an overture. And this is from opera as well. And they would play all the characters' themes and right before the show starts. Um, and it'd be really disjointed. So in Annie, you'll hear uh, this is the show opening. They just go through all the songs of all the characters. And then you're like prepped. Your brain's like stimulated already. And then you're making these connections right away. But that's also because even in pop music, like they say that the reason pop music is so catchy is because a lot of the time it's so similar and your brain is predicting what's going to happen. And when it satisfies your brain, you get a release of dopamine. So it's kind of doing that too. It's like prepping you. It's going to be like, I recognize that. Whoa, Greg. (laughs) That's not a hot take. (laughs) Yes. And in adventure movies and musicals there's always a point about three quarters through where everything comes together all the characters storylines come together all the melodies kind of form together and you have this like mind explosion I like les mis yes, watch like, them run on muck yes, catch them as they that fall is the you know? Example. I know there's like, like a couple other fans all, in here <laughs> yes every character's theme including the villains every character's theme is under the yeah. Before today. And it, you know, they sing. Can we sing it right now? And it's just the most, <laughs> absolutely. And it's the most like cathartic, like extreme feeling ever. Um, What's it called though? Just so we can all leave and be like, when we see musicals, be like, did you hear the light? What was it? Light motif? Late motif. Late motif. L E I T, which means. Uh, oh. Like, I think it means like light. No. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Late <laughs> motif. Motif as in theme. I was picturing L-A-T-E like it came later on. It comes multiple oh. times. Just like pre-Madonna. We don't understand this. We only <laughs> know English. <laughs> um, so what is it called when they finally all come together as well? Is that still well, a late? I call it the atonement. Oh. Um, is that a Henry Kapersky like coded word? Like is that a word from the world? I've never that? heard someone use it for music theater. I'm really like kooky spiritual and and I'm reading this book about atonement and at one meant when everything becomes one Whoa. at one <laughs> so that's why I call it that is the book you're reading the book atonement <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, no. Oh, okay. okay. Like, He's like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's called... No, we'll talk about that in another time. Um, yeah, but... Uh, so I want to... Now we've talked about movie scores. So in musical theater, like some really iconic themes are... Which is from West, West Side, Side Story, Story. And it's the theme of... Maria. Maria. I mean, Maria. Um, or uh, Anita's theme is and that scoring is so Leonard Bernstein who wrote that he uses it in such an evocative way because so that's Anita's like fun anthem in the beginning of the film she's saying I want to be in America and later in the movie there's this horrible scene where she's like sexually assaulted by the American gang members and they play that in the score, full blast, and it's so upsetting because you're hearing this joyful anthem of her while she's like being, you know, gross stuff. So, and you know, you, you, everyone cries in that moment and is just disgusted and angry and upset. It's so brilliant. But that's because it's like they're using the same song, you mean, in like a different way? Yeah, they're using her. That like you have right, attachment to these, these notes already that mean something. Right, and then we're seeing her being, you know, uh, in a really horrible situation and it just makes you feel for her so much and you're just disgusted um, which never just brings West the Side. stakes even higher West Side Story is my favorite musical yeah I was like I can see that in your passion it's yeah so you were like like I feel like you got really excited when you played that it's the other ones you were like so chill <laughs> no it is the greatest the shoulders. show <laughs> <laughs> we love Wicked apparently you have some information about Wicked okay so Wicked is amazing Wicked was written by Stephen Schwartz who is a student of Leonard Bernstein and Leonard Bernstein said like this kid is going to be the future musical theater and you know Wicked and, he and wrote, he's not anti-Semitic right Lord he is it. not anti. Uh, okay, no no we don't want to <laughs> be highlighting those people on this show <laughs> yeah. not at all you know, he's, Wagner. He, I think he's a very good man um <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, his shows Personally. are all like very empowering to people. Uh, like Wicked, Godspell, Children of Eden, uh, lots of you know stuff stemming from Abrahamic religions. So, um, but wait, can you play something from? Okay, yes. So, <laughs> sing okay, so play more for us. So, in every great musical, the uh, the theme of transformation is huge, um, and. Uh, the most transformative element is water, right? So composers often like use these watery sounds in music to evoke transformation. Like in Beauty and the Beast, the theme for the Beast is right, and it's very watery, and because he's going to change later into a prince, a prince of while light. it's raining. While it's exactly see. Yes. Raining late motifs, late means oh, lights. Oh. <laughs> or in another very musical show about someone that wants to change. The under the sea? Yeah. I mean, that's not the song, Wait, but right. she is under the... What? What? Little Wait, Mermaid. Come on. Was that Beauty and the Beast? No, that oh. was Little Mermaid. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I said yeah. under yeah. the yeah. sea. Oh my God, She's a mermaid. Like, she wants to be a human. She, but what she really wants to do is transform into who she truly is inside, you know? Um, so in Wicked, my favorite part of the score is the transformation theme, which, and you hear it throughout the score like this. Right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you do. do. So watery. Unlimited. Okay. Yes, exactly. So let's sing it together. <laughs> let's sing it. Unlimited. Oh, My future is unlimited. So let me sing that just alone, really quick, like with no. He's like Mitch. Uh, if Mitch? you could, no, no. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I just like, want to have him. I meant without. 
<laughs> I meant without the accompaniment. Oh, <laughs> I have never seen anyone say that to you. No, 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 no. Mitch, you got to be here for this part. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, I'm to prep you. I'm gonna blow your mind right now. Um, no, I meant without the piano. So it's gonna <laughs> um, unlimited. My future is. So let me just change the rhythm, which means where the notes land. Now let me ch- here. I'll change the rhythm now. Whoa! Oh my God! Stephen Schwartz, when he was coming up for his anthem of transformation for Alphaba, took Dorothy's anthem from The Wizard of Oz, changed the rhythm, and put it over this watery sound. I'm like getting shivers. That is why music theater is better than everything else in the world. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. my God. And here's, here's another little fun one. Um, you know the song Loathing from Wicked? It's like, loathing, unadulterated loathing. <laughs> um, yeah. So at the, they go, every little thing. Let me change the rhythm. What the yeah. Who told Steven you this? Schwartz. <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no, like I, just, I feel like cheated that I didn't know these things. I know, isn't that fun? That's, That's so good. Amazing. So Leonard Bernstein was right. Stephen Schwartz was a genius. Yes, uh, he absolutely was. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Oh, wow. Cool? Yeah, I feel like my breath has been taken from me. And I have like and a new thing. I saw Wicked recently, and it didn't like warm me in the same way because I've seen it way too many times. But now I take back everything. And I'm like, I, I need started to, to tell go people again. that Wicked wasn't as good as I thought, but you just blew my mind. And I'm, back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm sorry, Alphaba. No, Wicked is my <sighs> second favorite musical. Oh, okay. Can, so okay. we will. Okay, we will end on this, and we would love to know. And hopefully, it's not one of ours. What is your favorite musical of all time? And just give us a little bit of why. Um, I okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I guess I'll stick with West Side Story. I mean, it's Leonard Bernstein composing, Stephen Sondheim, young Stephen Sondheim writing the what? lyrics. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And it's based on Romeo and Juliet, um, but, the, you know, with a fun take. It takes place in New York, uh, and, and the music is just incredible. If you ever are on Spotify, if you ever find yourself <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> um, or Apple Music, we're open to all here. Sponsor <laughs> us. Oh, absolutely. Check out Anything. our podcast on iTunes. Um, <laughs> But just listen to the West Side Story symphonic dances. And it's whenever there's like a lot of dancing in the show, like, you know, they have the party at the gym when they meet or when they go to like purgatory and it's just dancing. It is the you when you're watching it, you get lost because it's incredible like ballet. But if you listen to it, he's every single melody from West Side Story that happens. It's all mixed in and conjumbled in the most incredible, brilliant way. And, and it's just, it takes my breath away every time I listen to it. Wow. Um, well, Henry. Mitch once told me he didn't like West oh, Side Story. Oh, don't say it, Another, also Mitch, we don't say soundtrack for music theater, we say cast recording. Oh, wow. oh no. Mitch, your man on Um... Okay, so wow. uh, we have to admit that me, Mitch, and Rachel all have crushes on you, and it's just a little bit bigger now. So, <laughs> and uh, that is, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, Henry, well, thank you, thank you so, so much. You Everyone, guys. give it up this for Henry. All right. Oh, there, we're going to bring back thank out you. Rachel.
Wow, that what was amazing. I honestly feel like I, I need to go listen to Wicked again right now. And to be fair, I, I've i never seen West Side Story, so oh. I don't have... I just, like, once was, like, auditioned for a production of it and then, like, didn't get a part I wanted. And I was like, I hate that musical. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. You never yeah. told me that. So it's, I should go watch it or listen to it. Hey, so, Henry. Rachel, do we still have a crush on Henry? Uh, <laughs> my favorite musical is also West Side Story. Oh! That is not true. Like, no, since 10 true. seconds ago. No, it's not no, it true. true. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sing it all the time to my husband, who's in the audience, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, he knows all the words, and he's just only seen it. I also really like West Side Story too, Mitch. Um, <laughs> I have always thought it was like really interesting. I wasn't sure why, but now I do. Okay. <laughs> mm all right, moving all right. on. Are you guys ready for a debate? <laughs> all right. So how we're going to do this is I'm going to give both Mitch and Greg two minutes to make their case for the greatest musical of all time. So I'm going to give them like a 30-second warning when they're running out of time and a 15-second warning. Um, last time, Greg went first. So Mitch... And I won. <laughs> I don't know. We've been through that. this. Like literally the topic <laughs> was the best pop star. We were in Montreal and he picked Celine Dion. Like, <laughs> could you be any more on the nose? <laughs> Mitch, so I'll go first. Whenever you are ready, I'll start. The I have a little notepad because I was nervous I'd forget my points, but I'm going to stand. Um, I'll start off by saying that I did not pick Hamilton because I have not seen it, so don't come for me. <laughs> I actually picked a really heartwarming, critically acclaimed musical called The Book of Mormon. Um, <laughs> So basically, it was created by the creators from South Park and also the guy who wrote Let It Go from Frozen. So sit on that while I tell you that it is the seventh most successful musical of all time, which might not seem that impressive until you realize it only came out in 2011 and every musical before it has been out for like decades. It's made over $500 million, had nine Tony Awards, one Grammy, was the highest charting Broadway album over the last 40 years and went number three on the Billboard charts. But if those stats don't really impressed with that much, let me appeal to like your musical heart. So, um, it actually literally combines the best of every part of musicals. So if you love Wicked and The Wizard and I, and The Wizard and I, that song, why don't you listen to You and Me But Mostly Me from The Book of Mormon, because it's basically the same song. Um, if you're feeling like some animal frisky vibes like Hakuna Matata, why don't you try Hasadiga Ibawai from The Book of Mormon? It's basically the same song. Or if you're feeling a little bit of like a part of your world from The Little Mermaid, try Salt Lake City from Book of Mormon. It's also literally the same song. So ultimately, it is taking every piece from every musical that you could ever want in one show and doing it to make fun of religion, which I thought was pretty fun because, I mean, like, it's a critical way to think about how every religion's just a little bit silly and stupid, right? Um, but ultimately, my favorite part about it is that it has amazing gay representation with all those Mormon boys on stage. But there's actually a song called Turn It Off where they are all repressing something inside of them. Um, but in the middle of it, it's about the gay guy who's obviously repressing his gayness in the Mormon religion. And there's like an amazing, beautiful tap dance Broadway number that breaks out. And that is why I think The Book of Mormon is the best musical of all time. On time, no okay, problem. Okay, 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 <laughs> okay. Okay, let me know when you're ready, and I'm just gonna try and do this. Yeah, I'm ready when you're ready. Okay, okay. 
So for mine, I chose something that's a little bit like now, a little bit current. I want to choose something that's like pushing the genre a little bit. And I chose something also a little bit pandering because it's down the street. I chose Come From Away. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. It does have a little bit of a heart and seed in Toronto. And I'm not pandering, I swear. There's, there's a reason okay, why. Okay, there's a theme. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Come From Away has, like, the worst logline ever. Okay, like, I remember my parents told me about it. They were like, oh, it's about a bunch of planes being diverted to Newfoundland. And I was like, that's literally white nonsense. <laughs> like, that, that doesn't make any sense. I went to see it, and within 10 minutes, I was like, and... It's incredible, okay? So with 90 minutes, there's no intermission, which is really interesting, okay? They don't allow you to clap after the song, so it, like, builds this tension, and at the end of the 90 minutes, you shoot out of your seat... It is like, it, it, it feels like you're on MDMA. Hashtag octopuses. Call back. Uh, okay. Also, each actor plays three different characters, like, flawlessly. Like, the feminist pilot just, like, takes her hat off, and she becomes the, like, comic relief who's boy crazy. And they all do it. They're all kind of like um, Tatiana Mace Lanny from Orphan Black all the time. They all deserve Emmys. It's incredible. <laughs> Also, the theme of it is that, like, in times of, like, oppression and division, we need to, like, use human t compassion to come together, which I think is what we need to be talking about right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh... At 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> also, okay, it was workshopped in Oakville, down the street. It's Canadian. If you think about the juggernaut, that is Broadway. You know, all these, like, mainstream things coming from here. It's the little musical that could. And... I know it doesn't rely on, like, the pop seconds. songs that other musicals do. Like, in fact, listening to the soundtrack, sometimes I'm like, I don't really get it. Like, the songs don't stand out. But I would argue that the whole thing is just one song. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's my... <laughs> that was awesome. Give it up for those two. Okay, so what we're going to move on to now is a quick round of trivia. So whoever... Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prepped some questions. Oh, okay. I perked up. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, how about um, you either can answer, and how about you can do like a... Ba. Ba? You're, you're going to answer. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Mitch... Yeah. Yeah, I okay, do ba. Follow okay. along. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Okay, and Mitch, you can do quack. Those sound very similar. Quack. Okay. Yeah, you can do more like a quack. Yeah, yeah. I'll do more of that. I'll do like a ba. Okay. A little more vibrato on your ba. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Question number one. The theater district in New York named Broadway used to have what nickname? Oh. Ba. The Shining Lights. You... Mitch, do you have a steal? Oh, does that look like you got it close? Um, quack. Um, <laughs> and I guess I don't do that. Um, um, uh, beautiful Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Greg was really close because in the 1890s, Broadway was the first street to be lit up by like the big like bulb. So it was called the Great White Way. Also, the name of Trump's campaign in 2020. Wow. Did he know the Broadway connection? Because he was not pandering to his audience with that one. <laughs> okay, so question oh number two. Oh my God, two. Broadway was used the to be named after Trump's slogan? Oh. Okay, no. Wait, I Greg, I don't know that you're understanding that that was a joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Greg. We're at just for laughs, okay? LOL. I think that uh, went over your <laughs> Okay, question number two. What is the longest running Broadway show? Quack. 
uh, Phantom of the Opera. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I was about to yell that and say Cats. <laughs> like, I thought it was Cats. I think so Cats is actually pretty cats close. Cats is close. Cats is close. Yeah, so the Phantom of the Opera is actually as old as us. It came out in 1988. And mm-hmm. so it celebrated its 30th year this year. Wow. wow. I saw that one when the chandelier fell. Not as exciting as they told me. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never that seen that one, one either on they, stage. Special effects have come a long way. The chandelier is not impressive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question. Um, what is the top grossing movie of all time that is a musical? Ooh. Okay, Any- ba. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Mamma Mia. Ooh, inter- oh. good, good guess. Good one. Guess. Mamma Mia one. <laughs> Wait, do they count together? <laughs> Are you combining them? Not Wait, it's like a movie no. musical. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh... Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Is it actually? Yeah. Oh. Well, does it count that they've had like the real one recently? No, it's a live action one made oh, the most money. The recent made, one. Uh, $504 million. Whoa. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. interesting thing, only Disney musical movie to be nominated for Best Picture for an Oscar because after that, they started the separating it as a cartoon. Yeah. So... Mm. Also full oh wait, circle. are we talking about the original or the new one? The new one. Okay. What? Yeah. The, new one? Yeah. the new one? Yeah, the new one. Okay, <laughs> catch up. Listen. Like, everyone else listen. understanding. The new one is higher <laughs> grossing than the original one? The one with Emma Watson? Yeah. That's why. Hermione was in it. Wow. Okay. Okay, so we're going to move on. So um, we're going to do a, our final segment is very similar to how it is in our recorded podcast in the booth where basically uh, the guys will have a debate, which is just the two of them fighting for, you know, an <laughs> extended period of time. But we're going to shrink it um, to four minutes so you guys can duke it out. Just arguing over our musicals? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Tear the other one down. That's a positive thing to do. <laughs> We're going to end on a really positive okay, note and Mitch, tear each other. I'm confused. When you were talking about how all these songs were the same as other ones, I feel like you were helping my point in that did they just take them from other things? What was your point of that? Um, it's like it's the best. Did you, did you listen again? But I'm like, what do you um, mean? It's like taking a bit of the best of everything, which is what all really good art does anyway. It's like you're inspired by so many things that you bring it all together together into a smorgasbord of like the best possible Okay, thing. so I think Come From Away is a little bit like forward thinking. Like it wasn't looking It back. literally like took a, a, a tragedy that happened and, and appropriated it, it to make money. To make it a beautiful, <laughs> heartwarming thing to show the story if it wasn't of human created. compassion. Speaking of money, <laughs> you did bring up how yours had made like millions of dollars. And again, <laughs> mine is the non-capitalist sort of like against the grain kind of musical. And I think I just want people to vote for that. I guess that's like why they went to Broadway recently. And uh, Okay, moving on. Bring me a point. Um, bring me a point. Bring I me a point. feel like one of the reasons you love it is because they literally break out into Celine Dion in the middle of Come From Away. Is that not true? That is true. <laughs> that is true. That's not necessarily why I love it. It's one of the reasons that I mention it's Canadian. Also, another thing I'm going to come back with you on, you said that yours had representation of like gay Mormons, but one was just a cause to gay. Mine has a legit gay couple in it. And they're That's interracial. True. So mm, just saying, <laughs> again, <Okay>. forward thinking. <laughs> um, we're not going to go there. Uh... I have to comment on how you mentioned that, like, it's one song, because I'm not sure if you've, like, seen Les Mis or Rent or Jesus Christ Superstar or, like, most musicals that are, like, operas. Have you? 
Yeah, that's true. And I think there is talking <laughs> and come from away, right? Uh, there yeah, is, but uh, not that much. Not, not that, that much. much. You're right. Yeah. No, I actually do love come from away. I and I actually do love come from away. They're both amazing musicals, and we should celebrate both of them. But still, come from away is better. Uh, I do. Okay. I think I. I was like thinking I would literally just play the soundtrack to that as my point. Um, and if you listen to it, you'll be like, yeah, this is. It is actually amazing when you see it. But when you listen to Book of Mormon, you leave like. I don't know, actually. <laughs> but okay, same with Come From Away. Come From Away is a showstopper, and it's, as I said at the end, you do shit like erupt at your seat because they don't allow you to clap. You what? Sorry. I didn't say shit. I did not say you say shit. I did not say that. I said that you <laughs> erupt out of your seat. And my point is that with Book of Mormon, I feel like it is just a little bit like dated. It's a little bit older. And another thing, I'm going to go there, okay? <laughs> the musical theater audience, there's a socioeconomic issue in the theater. And for the most part, when you watch Book of Mormon, it's all white people. People watching them t- comment on race, and sometimes I think it's a little bit problematic. Go there. To Who find goes that. to watch Come From Away? <laughs> it's literally about Gander Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> it is the whitest musical of all time, and I'm not saying that it's you, not. <laughs> you called it white nonsense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're both like, what else can we say? Um, Keep going. Yeah, go. I, I, yeah. Okay, so also with the Book of Mormon, I feel like there's like they are making fun of religion, and I do think that that's important. But at times, I think it's <laughs> I do think it's a little bit insensitive towards people who might be spiritual. And the people who make South Park, they this is like a little bit of a tangent, but they're in charge of it, and they recently have said that they're not going to come after Trump, even though they went crazy going after Hillary Clinton. I'm really going a little left field here to really <laughs> like, stand there, but, but the people who make South Park are more problematic than we might have thought at a certain so time. So what about, what? who are the people who make Come From Away? Okay, so I don't oh, remember their actually, actions, but they're Canadian. I actually have Couple. another question for you. Can you name one song from Come From Away? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Besides God. the song Welcome Come to the Rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> but okay. also, very subversive. They have slashes in their titles. It's very confusing. And I think that's also really interesting. It's like internet culture. They use like weird different <laughs> pronunciation. But also, 39 Planes, another Is song. That a title? Yeah, one plane, then another. And then 19 <laughs> planes, then another. And then 20 planes. And then again, you have to see the whole musical. It really speaks for itself. But 39 Planes, that's another song. Uh. All right, well, that's time. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to be a biased moderator, but I guess I am. So um, by a round of applause, who thought that Mitch won with the Book of Mormon? Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. And by round of applause, who thinks that Come From Away won by Greg? Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Support for both. Support I for both. Well, you all get tickets to come from a lot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Look under your seats. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that was kind of a tie. Yeah, no, I think oh, you won. generous. You won. Yeah, you definitely won. Okay. Thank Mitch. you so much for coming out to our second ever live podcast mm-hmm. taping. This is yeah, really nice of you guys all to come. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you enjoyed uh, it. We appreciate we'll it so much. We'll see you around. Yeah, you can listen to it on Wednesday. Yeah. Woo! And thank you again to Henry for participating. We'll see you guys later. Thank you. <laughs> Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.